We here at the Canadian Pyrocast love everyone and everything on Earth. But we also believe that everyone and everything should be mocked, lampooned, satired, parodied, and poked on at, because that's a quality. This program is not for children or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. So, Gummy Bear. Yes? Now that it's okay to play Xmas music, let's honor that by not doing it. Instead, let us give a belated thank you to the troops that have fought to protect us in the past, and thank you to the soldiers that currently serve our country. Because this is like after Remembrance Day, but thanks. No, you don't. don't no, you don't. You don't do applause. I don't know. No, you don't do applause. You never. You never applauded. It. Well, we weren't doing a sand so, half, but it's okay. So sorry, they don't teach gummy bears about these things. That's okay. Have you ever been to a sand half gummy bear? No. Oh, seriously. I don't think so. It's you know like a sound that's that most cities do it where everyone meets in the mid- in town square or something and there's like a usually a parade and it's like oh well I guess yeah church. kind of yeah it's always on it's always on remembered Remembrance Day right I didn't make it this year because I was just too busy with school I, I didn't know it was called that oh yeah yeah I don't know how it's spelled but it's a uh, cenotaph I didn't get to go this year though I usually try to go every year but uh, school just too much crap to do this year fair enough sorry yeah but you know anyway either way. So you know what else happened this week though? That was interesting. No. Well, I guess not. I guess not as interesting as Remembrance Day, but Chuck uh, Palinyuk taught me about Mr. Hands. Sorry, I should have cited this. I uh, heard this story from the Joe Rogan podcast. Yeah, I'm that basic. I don't know what that is. It's a horrifying. It's a horrifying thing. It's a man who died by getting to death by. A Okay. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Anyway, this is a Canadian Pyrocast. Yeah, I do not want to talk about that. I am your host, Captain Beckham Kid. <laughs> Sitting here with Quartermaster Gummy Bear. I'm about to quit my job. <laughs> Please don't. I need you. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> I can't do this without you. Don't leave me, Gummy Bear. What about all the good times we've had? <laughs> this is episode... 13, right? The cursed episode. Oh, don't even give me that shit. We're not a hotel. <laughs> no, we, no, we already had a cursed episode. Yeah, we already had the cursed episode. <laughs> we got that over with. We're fine. 13 is fine. It's not even Friday. Stubby. Oh, she's a cat, though. She takes superstitious, superstitious things very seriously. <laughs> As a cat, she likes to when she... Just so everyone knows, when a cat crosses your path, they're fucking with you. They're trying to scare you because they know they're like, we believe in that shit. <sighs> That's so stupid because I believe in this shit. Anyway, so how's your week, Gummy Bear? Huh. How was my week? Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty tiring, I guess. I get that. Me too. It's uh, wasn't like uh, didn't have a break from school or anything. It was my reading break, but I had stuff assigned, and uh, then uh, yeah, I got back from that funeral and all that. So it was just busy. It was a busy week, couple weeks, stuff happening. 
Yeah. Yeah. Either way, though, then, uh, oh, stubby. Stubby, you diva. <laughs> um, sorry, no, just honestly, mostly just brain fried from school and all that. Just kind of wrong with that. But I think we have a, I think we have a fun episode planned, Gummy Bear, on our super fantastic internet show. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Fucking confetti rain down from I, the I sky. Would, I wish we had confetti rain down from the sky. I don't know. It just feels cool. We've been doing this. It just feels cool. We've been doing this for a few months, so it's just, fun. I don't know. It is fun. I like it. This is just. I wanted to say that this is like. I actually really enjoyed doing this, and like, just, I look forward to this. I'm like, oh my god, it's <laughs> really fun. But anyway, uh, moving on though for today for our segment though. So we had a bit of a Muppets moment where uh, someone got injured in the background, and then we couldn't get a segment done. So today, for uh, Canadian Pyrocast, we're gonna go start off with. Uh, Disc some discount education with your very shit teacher me. Uh, after that, we're going to go into a, some segment where Gummy Bear and I argue over something that doesn't really matter. <laughs> and then, or something that does. Maybe we'll do a bit of both. <laughs> and then we'll end it with Captain's Kitchen and uh, my super awesome German stew recipe, which I'm not even sure is German, and I'll explain that. You want to find out why? Wait until the end of the episode, or click the timestamp that may or may not be there. Oh shit! I didn't do last last time. Oh my god. Oh, it's okay. Also, don't forget if you're. I'm going sorry, to, you guys. If you're going I'm to sorry s- that anyone listening, I you know. I guess we'll just like have a quick transition music thing into music. Awkward. Blah. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> why? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> I pass our sword from shoveling all day. So Welcome back to Discount Education. It's free. <laughs> it's the best discount. It's more free than public education. You just and there's no catch. There's really no catch, except for maybe using internet data. That that's not my problem. So. Also, having a cell phone or a device to live it off of. So I guess there are some catches. You must there are some catches to listen to the programming. You must be connected to the internet somehow. Well, you know, it's not our catch. That's not our catch. That's on you. You have to do some of the work it's here. The world's catch. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do some of the work. Listen to our podcast. <laughs> No, I imagine it's exhausting. So it is. Thanks oh, a lot. I do. It's all of it. Everything is work. Everything in life is work, man. I have like so many podcasts. I haven't had time oh, to listen to. It's the thing. There's time. It's the time economy, man. There's only so much time to do things in the world. So that's why I want to give a quick crunch down of this very important thing, and I want to talk about this. The some of these cool things really quickly, because they'll be uh, next semester uh, for the next month in December. So we should just say this up front here. We're only going to be doing uh, one episode the entire month. We'll be doing a Feast and Friends where we just kind of cook food. We have a guest, hopefully, and then just get really messed up and goof around for three hours. And that'll be how we celebrate the holidays. But uh, then we'll be taking, yes, we'll be taking most of December off and wishing everybody a merry whatever the fuck you celebrate. And, oh, that should this, this should have been the intro. Fuck me. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
<laughs> I hope people listen to this. <laughs> it's a pirate cast. It's very unorganized. Okay. It's very unorganized. We're pirates. We don't follow any rules. We don't even follow our own rules. <laughs> so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> to cut this off here for a second. Awkward edit! So I just made Gummy Bear laugh so hard she almost drowned herself. <laughs> I'm scared to laugh. She's was just drinking water and I tried to give her some water because she was getting a dry throat and then it was she wasn't done laughing yet though so that was probably maybe my mistake. And then she almost died. <laughs> it was a whole thing. I had to give her the Heimlich. It was holding her. Now she has a cracked rib, but that means I did it properly. So good for me. I'm awesome. <coughs> this is not all the way out yet. Well, yeah, because the pea fragment of bone has to come out still. Yeah. <laughs> so the show must go on. The show must go on. Break a leg now or a rib bone, whatever it is necessary, <laughs> as they say in theater. So, I want to quickly talk about electoral systems. And this is, I think, very important because this was a big part. Of, well, I wouldn't say a big part, but just part of Trudeau's platform. And I think this is what the, this vote was based around um, last time in BC. I can't remember, can't remember, remember if we double check that. Would you mind pulling that up? Coming very quickly, what that vote change was in BC. Just, just try, just type in on Google "vote change in BC," and something will come up because it was in the last couple of years. And I don't know if it was about this exact or about the exact electoral system. But so basically, the way our country is run with how we choose our leaders and the people that uh, represent us as citizens, citizens is through electoral systems. There are three major types. Nothing's coming up. Shit, okay, well I'll see if I can find it later. But it was that thing that bell clanging woman. I didn't I didn't hallucinate right. oh, that shit. Right. Oh, yeah, I don't I don't know it. Either way. I figured I know we named we named it off in a previous that previous episode. I just already forgot because uh-huh. I have no memory to retention anymore. Of course. So the okay, so the, sorry, the three major types are plurality and major or sorry, yeah. They're plurality slash majoritarian, which is a single member plurality system, which is what we use. Uh, or runoff elections, and preferential ballot. There's proportional representation, which a lot of governments kind of have like a uh, form of it in there, if not completely. And a, then there's mixed member proportional. And those are the three main types of democracies that we have, essentially, that are used kind of in the modern world, I guess. Okay. Uh, just for an example, other people that use similar stuff to what Canada does is obviously uh, U.S., Ethiopia, Ghana, India, J- Jamaica, Kenya, Liberia, Bangladesh. Uh, funny thing, is a weird one. The preferential ballot system is only used by Australia, Fiji, and Papua New Guinea. So just like three major com- countries. Oh. And then... There's a really weird one, which I don't know if I have notes on, but the single transfer single transferable vote is in Ireland and Malta. 
And I think that's interesting because a lot of other countries fall within either single member plurality, proportional representation, or mixed member or proportional. The three big ones, essentially. Yeah. Um, These other ones are kind of smaller and weird. So there's so first is ours, the single member plurality system. This is an electoral system in which voters in each electoral district elect a single representative to the legislature, and the candidate with the most votes is elected. If they can't, even if that candidate did not receive the majority of votes, which is my big bit, bitch, because it's a winner-take-all system. Uh, for example, the Bloc Quebecois benefits from this because it's region-focused. Just saying. The NDP suffers. <laughs> not that they're... Okay, they're slightly better. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, basically, though, it creates an advantage in concentrated geographical areas, which is the whole bitch has been the bitch for the longest time, right? Obviously, Ontario the mo- and Quebec, the most populated areas of Canada, telling the rest of Canada how to live our lives. <laughs> so people that like this system say that or people that have the biggest argument for the system is that it's likely to create a majority government. So one fluid government or mostly fluid government that kind of does shit and keeps working. It doesn't hit gridlock. You know what I mean? But then obviously the pitfalls of that too, is then you might have a drama teacher telling you how to like do stuff and, uh, you know, taking vacations when stuff's happening, stuff like that. If you, uh, I'm just saying, single member pluralities lead to such things. Okay. <laughs> Vacationing prime ministers. <laughs> what? Oh, sorry, I thought that was a thing you were telling me. Because you got really pissed off that Trudeau was taking, like, a vacation, like, after a month after he got elected or something? Or is like, really Oh, quickly? yeah. Sorry, I didn't hear you properly. Oh, shit, did I mumble all of that? Sorry, why are you looking at me I like don't know. that? I'm sorry. I don't know either. I'm 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 confused. I just almost as, drowned earlier. I'm just as confused as you are. I'm just sorry. I'm I'm like, cause my face is down on my notes, and I'm not just look. I'm not paying, paying as much attention <laughs> to you. So I'm just like, why are you looking at me like that? Uh, so good. Sorry. Next, we have runoff runoff elections, which is an election held if no candidate receives a majority of the vote. Generally, the top two candidates appear on the ballot to ensure that the winning candidate has a majority of the vote cast. So this is designed to reduce fragmentation of the parties. So it's more like there's like around one and two, essentially. So okay. for an example, that would be Canada would always be picking between the liberals and the conservatives, essentially, because they get the two biggest chunks of vote. So they just make it. These are the only two parties everyone can pick now, basically. Does that make sense? Uh and sorry, or tell me if I'm mumbling it too. Like, tell me, shit on me if I'm doing that, please. I don't think you were. Okay, thank you. <laughs> then next we have a preferential ballot system, which is an electoral system when voters rank candidates in order of preference. The candidate with the least vote is dropped, and the second preference to those who voted for that candidate are added to the votes of other candidates. And this process continues until one candidate has a majority. So this is just, like, many layers of elimination, basically. Okay. You know what I mean? So they'll have, yeah. like, five or ten elections to weed out, like, ten parties until you only have two people. Huh. So same thing over a longer period of time, though. I think Italy has, might have something like that. Hmm. I, might be, I might be wrong about that, too. Interesting. Proportional representation. This is the one I want for Canada. 
This is an electoral system which the proportion of the seats a party receives in the legislature reflects the proportion of votes it has obtained. Sorry. Next one. This one I'm half and half on. So, but the, clearly, this is this means like forty percent of the vote, forty percent of the seats of the seats. So this one is based purely on like one person, one vote majority. So it doesn't matter like that. It doesn't matter that the Ontario and Quebec districts are worth more. It's wherever the majority of the population would vote. You know what I mean? This is done in different ways in different countries. And it usually results in a coalition government, which is a government that has two or more political parties joined together working and they share cabinet positions and kind of diversify. And I think I've talked about that before. Uh, to prevent extremist parties from kind of getting into the system, they usually require like a minimal threshold, which is like, so Austria has 4% and Greece has 3% of the vote at least to qualify. So I think Maxime Bernier might not have qualified or cause well, it actually depends though. Cause that's the thing though. So like if he would, his votes might count more in the system. So he'd be like, he might make it, actually make it up to 3%. Uh, depends because he just didn't win in his districts, but it like depends all over the country, right? So it's like everyone's vote would actually count towards a thing. Your vote would actually go towards the seat no matter what. Oh, okay. So okay, like so for example, in our current system, so okay, we have a fire, ice, and wind party. Oh my god! So the fire party gets thirty percent. The ice party gets thirty percent of the votes, and the wind party gets forty percent of the votes. So. The wind party would have their candidate take the seat and then the fire and ice party who have 60% of the vote, but they're on two different parties, have no one to represent them in government. Mm -hmm. So that's our current system, basically. So in a proportional representation system, the fire, ice and wind party would each have 30%, 30% and 40%, essentially. Okay. This is good. The system works because it more accurately accurately represents how voters actually feel instead of like eliminating whoever the winner, the ones that lost, like, you know what I mean? Because they have nothing. And this can reduce. And I don't know, some people say this can reduce the link between the legislator and their district because you don't have people, you don't have personal people campaigning in districts. You know what I mean? Because you're just voting for party seats, essentially, right? So you just vote for how many seats and then the party fills them up. They're like, okay, we want these people filling these 40% of seats or whatever, right? Or however oh. many seats are common to have. So we have 100 seats. So liberals get 40% of the votes. So they have 40 people to put in there from wherever the fuck they want, essentially. Oh. I think that's how that would work, essentially, because it's more about everybody's vote as opposed to votes in districts. Yeah. And that might not be a bad thing, too, though, because, again, like, we have these personal candidates, but, like, we didn't know that much about them. And, again, they have no voting power anyway. It doesn't matter because they have to vote with the party anyway So because we talked about uh, yeah, the bullwhipping or whatever the fuck it was called. <laughs> Sorry. The, uh, yeah, whatever. It's it's whatever, right? I didn't know. No, it's okay, but it's, like, I didn't know it either. I thought that I also thought it was, but that's the, that's what we've been taught from American media because that's how it is in America. But in Canada, they have to vote with the party more so. I guess so, yeah. Whatever with, oh, shit, whatever it was called. I remember, we, I had the name for it. I've already brain farted it. But. Goddamn, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm having, my brain is keeping it from me. Stupid brain. Party discipline, you putts.
Anyway, though, I the oh yeah another kind of issue with that system though is it might it can kind of create too many politicians though. So the some mm. people argue to create you have to hire more politicians or something like that, and Ooh. I don't see why that would be the case. That seems like an empty argument to me. Sorry, but that mm. was just that's a criticism I have in my notes here. Okay, uh, mixed member proportional system. And this, I think, would be the best one for Canada, honestly. But this is an electoral system where some legislators are elected to represent particular districts based on gaining the most vote in that district, while others are elected based on popular vote received by their party. So, like in Germany, every citizen gets one vote for the party and one vote for a candidate of their choosing. Okay. And then there's another type, which is the parallel MMP system, which is kind of... This one's a bit more confusing, but it's you have one person elected by single member plurality, then another part of it is proportional representation without using proportional representation seats to compensate for distortions in the party representation. It's I don't think many countries use it. It's kind of that seems too confusing. I don't even understand <laughs> that as I read it. Yeah. Um I know I, I had no questions about it. I'm sure I don't think it's used by anything, sorry. And the last one, and this, this is that really obscure one that like three countries use. So let's talk about that. Okay. This is an elector, the single transferable vote system, an electoral system in which voters rank their preferences for candidates in a multi-member electoral district. Candidates who receive a certain proportion of the votes are declared elected. The second preference candidate, or the second preference candidate, the process is continued until all seats of the district are filled. So this seems like. They just kind of go by the most popular down, essentially. So, like, whoever is on, whoever is below the cutoff for the most popular doesn't get any, doesn't have any representation or anything. Okay. Is what that sounds like. <laughs> sounds weird. Anyway, though, so I just want to quickly talk about that uh, uh, poli sci shit, though, because that's, I know that's a regular thing. And I, so I just want to go into why I think this is important, though, as a personal thing with me, right? And this is me just talking in my opinion. But it actually kind of the, one of the thing is I think a lot of people don't vote nowadays because they think their vote doesn't matter. And that's kind of true for whoever is voting for their losing party. Like that's kind of the thing. Like take, for example, our district where the NDP was he had like he was going to have like 50 percent of the vote. So kind of the point in our district is that if you're voting for your losing party, there's no real point to it because it doesn't really amount to anything. So it's kind of right. And why I don't like our current system is again, just that there's not really that representation. And I think that a, I think a proportional representation system wouldn't be good either though. Cause again, the most populated districts of Canada would dictate how everything goes. And then the rural districts essentially have no say, so to speak, or less say they'll always have minority seats. Right. So I think that a mixed member would be best kind of because it kind of mm -hmm. breaks it down where you can vote for a leader and for a party of your choice. And then because of, party power or whatever the fuck it was called or voting with your party it yeah. it's uh you know what i mean at least you kind of have some of the same right and i think it would break things down to my big thing is i want the just the government power to be diluted in general because i think that they don't want to their things are going to get shut down because it's kind of that's how it is but i think the best next thing it could be done to, to just to reduce the power is dilute it essentially and on top of that too that give the citizens more of a say right so it'd be diluting government power overall which is better for everybody too because that way they don't do drastic bullshit that might fuck things up for a large swath of people without them thinking um like lockdowns cough cough 
so the so I think that with just a more representational system like that, everybody's vote matters and then they have like governments have to make a coalition government of some sorts maybe to get shit done, which means that both sides have to have some representation within a power structure. And I don't think that's a bad thing because I think that both the like both liberal both liberalism and like conservatism both have benefits essentially in running governing people's lives. And that's just my two cents on that. So I think that having a mix of it would be the best balance of that kind of shit. But, and that would be attained by this reform system, which people want anyway. I think that, like, if you explain, mm-hmm. I think if you explain people, to, like, in that way where it's like, you know what I mean? A different system would mean that your vote would actually count towards a party and then it wouldn't be just like, what's the point of my voting? My vote doesn't matter, which is, again, technically true if you're voting for a losing party. Right. And I think that's kind of, I don't know, that kind of bugs me as a thing. Like, I know it's a fun, it makes a functional government and it makes the government strong, which is what the government likes. But of course they want to be strong because they like fucking power. But I think that anybody want, I honestly think that anybody that thinks that they should be telling other people what to do, like a large swath of people what to do, like, oh, I think I should be telling an entire fucking province what to do. You have something fucking wrong with you. You have some kind of ego thing wrong with you. And we should, we should like, look at that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we should assess that. And... I think that if, again, the government had less power, you'd have maybe less egocentric bullshit getting into it because you're not governing so much more shit. But either way, sorry. So. And that's that, that's all opinion, though. That's not really learning. Sorry. This is a very shitty college. But again, we're going to get into fucking opinion-based <laughs> schooling in a bit because I have a fucking bitch oh, thing yeah. for my psych class. It'll be a mini mini rant. Mini oh, Goddamn. And I'm not gonna do that segment anymore. I'm just gonna get mad about shit if I get mad about shit. <laughs> yeah. That was a failed segment. It was it was what it was, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm okay with it. That was okay. Not it was... being in the podcast. Uh... That's fair. <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. I don't care. It's like again, it was like it wasn't working out, right? We're just trying shit, right? We're just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So here's some cool shit from my psychology and human baby development class. And we'll end it with an update on Odin, essentially, because I know you all care about my virtual baby. Fuck. Oh, my God. I got to show you the pictures. Oh, oh no. Fuck. Okay. First, I'm going to show you the pictures for Odin. I am both excited and not ready. Up. This is like, this is the graphics. This is what, oh, no. this is what a college level game gets you. That's designed by experts of psychology institutes. So just, oh, no. okay. Swipe to the right or whatever, like Tinder. Just go through there. So that's that's my baby, Odin, <laughs> when he was just born. <laughs> and then if you go to the side, you'll see me and my partner and my shrunken head for some reason. We should censor the. I, I want to censor the name. I want to censor the like info off this and post this on our page because he's look fucked up. <laughs> it's supposed to be me and my partner <laughs> in this game. <laughs> yeah, my head. Why is my head so small? Right, like I have a shrunken head. Is oh, this the is that's, this the that's, kid? That's Odin as a because two looked, and three year old. He's he's fat. He looks he's like, like he's, he's like, fatty. He looks like he's like twenty five. <laughs> what? No, he's supposed to be he's supposed to be like. He two looks or like two. a tiny twenty five year old. He's supposed to be like growing from like two to three, but he's a little chubbo. He's and huge. I keep getting criticized. I keep getting criticized for him being fat, and I'm like, I'm exercising him. I'm putting him in a yard. He's a little fatty. Oh, that's my podiatrist. That's my podiatrist. Or that's my, not podiatrist, pediatrician. That's my pedi- pediatrician. My very creepy he's pediatrician. He's like a model. He's, no, he's like, it's so creepy though. I'm going to post him too. It's like In such comparison a comparison to everything else. Uh, it's, it's a little all weird. horrifying. But yeah, so I think all of it, I think he's not as wow. bad, but it's like, I like the photoshopping it's on him. He's not, like glowing. I don't know. Why is he glowing? He's like radiated. <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck? 
<laughs> this game is fucking hilarious. I love it. Wow. Okay. So it's not as like horrific as I was imagining in my head. Oh my god, it's so bad that I think it's fucking terrible. I mean, it it is really bad art, but like we need to have a vote on our maybe page. a child drew it. It was like part of a contest or something. You know what? I want. Let's have a vote I on was, our page. I was Tell imagining. Me how, is like, my baby ugly or not? Like horrible. Like and like AI like produced image kind of like looking thing. <laughs> Oh, that'd be better. Yeah. Let's that's have, what I was like, I'm picturing my head. I call vote for anybody that's doing anything with our social media. Vote if my baby is ugly or not. I'm not offended. It's a virtual baby. I don't care. It doesn't have feelings. We're not there yet with computers. We have to post it. So here's some cool stuff for developing kids that are, that's interesting. This is like super cool shit, actually. So the first thing I want to talk about is self-awareness. Because this is such an interesting concept to me. So... It's ob- so self-awareness is when a person realizes that they are dist- a distinct individual whose body and mind and actions are separate from those of other people. This happens, be- so and this is kind of a developing thing. And eventually, like, as a baby develops from being a baby to a toddler, I think it's a toddler next, right? Yeah. So they, as they interact with things, they eventually conceptualize this. In the first four months, they'll have no sense of self. They may see themselves like as part of their mothers, but you'll show up. To, you'll look a baby in a mirror, and it won't be able to tell anything. It'll just be like a dumb baby. <laughs> so, uh, between the next like fifteen to twenty-four months, roughly, so the year and a half to two years, they'll kind of emerge. They'll get a sense of sense, a sense of me, a sense of self as the object of one's knowledge. And they'll kind of have an, they'll like understand kind of have a bit of a self concept. This is they uh, tell this with a rouge test. Have you ever heard about this? No. Oh, this is super cool. So this is a classic experiment. So they would take babies um, aged nine to twenty four months in, or and locked, or and then they have a them in front of a mirror. Without the baby looking in the mirror, they put a dot of rouge on the baby's nose. And babies younger, most babies younger, sorry, none of the babies younger than 12 months reacted as if they knew the mark was on them. Okay. And when you showed it to them in a mirror. But a 15 to 20 month year old uh, started showing like a sense of self-awareness by touching their own noses out of curiosity over the red thing on their face. Right. And I think that's a super cool thing because there's a quick tangent in animals. There's only a few animals that are like self-aware too. Whales are self-aware. And when they figure, I think they figure this out with that when um, it's some kind of weird thing where like when you show a whale in a mirror, they blow bubbles. And that's something apparently they don't do unless you show them in a mirror. So they think it's like, that's how they're interpreting it. I think the other thing is a penguin. Penguins are self-aware. I think some are because it's like, and they do this by putting a little thing on them without them seeing like it's something so light they can't feel it. And then the penguin has to see itself in a mirror and try to pick it off. So kind of, but yeah, so it's not very, there aren't very many animals that are like that, which is kind of cool. And, but any, most functioning humans have to become self-aware at one point. Now, skipping along past temperament. Temperament, what do you think for a different day? Because that's like a whole deep dive because there's like, temperament's predictable. It goes on for a long time and it's like, you can predict it young. It's a cool fucking thing. So... Now, this one's the next interesting step, at least in my opinion, for a kid developing is the theory of mind. And this is a person's theory of what other people might be thinking. 
So it's slow to develop, but typically begins in most children about the age of four. It can be seen when young children try to escape punishment by lying. So what strengthens their theory of mind in young children? That's their ability to develop theories that correlate with the maturity of their prefrontal, prefrontal cortex and advance in executive processing. Uh, the context and experience of each child is relevant and the context and culture of each like raising child matters too. But in a cool experiment with like this, what they'll do is they will take a box of crayons and they'll put um, candy in there and they'll show the kid and they're like, okay, what's in the box of crayons? Oh, candy. Okay, cool. Close it. Now, if I show this box to your mommy, what would she say is in it? And kids that don't have a theory of mind, they'll say candy because they think that the mom thinks like they do. Like the mom also knows that there's candy in there because the kid knows there's candy in there. But kids that are four or or older will kind of know my mom will think crayons are in that box because that's a crayon box and she hasn't seen that there's candy in there yet. Okay. So I, I think that's a really cool thing with like, again, this is development of like, this is what makes us human. Like these are the most things that make us human is these abilities to think and conceptualize yeah. like our mind holes like this. Mind holes. <laughs> uh, language learning, lear- learning is a, I gotta pull this off. Sorry, my notepaper. A skull sponge. Oh my God. That's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> a skull sponge. So the la- okay. Language is pivotal in every kind of cognition in early childhood. And this is what we talked about during a sensitive period where it's much easier to learn languages as a young child. So, for example, because my dad, so my dad and his siblings learned German alongside English when they were kids. And now that they're middle aged uh, over the years, they actually have to like to retain it. They basically actively try to talk to each other on the phone in German to retain it because that's the only way to do it. Oh, that's smart. It slips up. It's a very easy thing to kind of like forget. And that's, oh, just, yeah. that's just how the human brain works, though, because it just crops that shit you if it doesn't need it. it. You lose it. And I think, like, my, I'm, I don't know this for certain, but my sister took French immersion when she was a kid, and I don't think she remembers any of it anymore. She doesn't practice it or anything. So I just, it's, language is an interesting thing like that and how touchy it is. Do you need to take a break on me, Bear, while I, or? Sorry, um, yeah, I, I, um, sorry, I, I was in French immersion as well, and my parents and a lot, like, most of my family, Quebecois, mm-hmm. I guess, French, not, like, French. France, French. It's <laughs> like Canada, French. East Coast, like Ontario, kind of. And, um, like, I can still read French pretty well and, like, understand spoken language, but I can't really speak it myself. Like, because mm. I can't br- conjure those words up in my head. I got gotcha. you. I, I can understand it. It's really hard to roll your R's, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, that's cool that you can read it, though. So, like to an extent <laughs> okay so here i think we're gonna take a short break here uh sorry before he goes it's that's the real meaning of gummies and bears body language right now so body language will be a thing we talk about in a different day <laughs> but hers is telling me that she would like to go for a break and so we'll take a quick break from captain's crappy sorry. craptastic education uh but then we'll go into language learning again i think it's super interesting i don't know here i hope you're not bored by this i think it's a super cool shit these are the most important thing, cliff notes, to know about how humans develop. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Anyway, um, I just, I, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> do it. Let's go for a, let's go for a classic, uh, smoke break. Canadian, good old fashioned Canadian smoke break. No, I didn't say it right. Smoke break. Mm-hmm. 
see you soon, I guess. Except we won't see you. Hear you soon. No, you'll hear hear us soon. You'll hear us. We'll read you. I guess. Maybe. Mail us. I saw swords from shoveling all day. Welcome back to the Learning Express on the choo-choo train to success. Sorry for the abrupt break again. <laughs> it's all Cap- my fault. Um, Captain's Kids Discount Education. Yeah. <laughs> Riding down. I'm going to binge watch. I'm so glad you told me about Magic School Bus on Netflix. I'm going to oh. binge watch that shit. <laughs> so back to language learning for young children. So language. Yeah, so yeah, language important, blah, blah, blah. Early childhood, sense of period. Okay, so the average child knows about 500 words by age twa. You should oh, stop. You should stop trying to do that. <laughs> Why do I always do that? Never do like, that it again. It sounds like two. It's not my fault that French sounds like two. It's not my fault. Okay, so most kids know about 500 words by age two. Which, that seems like, that seems like, that seems like I'm round up, but I don't know. I don't know how much I believe that, but... Maybe it's possible. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> this is what like my it scientific... sounds like a lot, but I don't know. That's what my scientific textbook says, but that sounds like a fuck ton for a two year old. Like they're still shit. They can't like they still shit themselves at that age. So <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So anyway, anyway though. So here's a cool thing. So vocabulary explosion. So it builds quickly, and comprehension is greater than production. So they'll pick up like verbs, ad- adjectives, nouns, adverbs, and conjunctions, and the process, the whole process, is called fast fast mapping, which is like a speedy and sometimes imprecise way in which children learn new words by placing them in mental categories according to their perceived meaning. So like they hear either they'll hear a word one time, and then that'll kind of be like that's their own that's the only meaning, and they use it out of context. Because mm-hmm. I guess like they uh, they don't get syntax right away for yeah. things, and uh... sorry, that was I thought that was an extra detail, but it was just like another word, just same thing as fast mapping, but like a... yeah, just... yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So then they go on to they start to then they acquire grammar afterwards, obviously. Uh, and then they start doing overregulation, which is the application of rules of grammar even when the exception occurs. So it'd be like, they hitted me. Yeah. And kind of like that kind of misuse of that kind of thing, right? And uh, when they're just kind of learning how to structure that. And I imagine I imagine this would be worse in English, though, because there's so much like slang and shit. I don't know how much, maybe. if other, maybe other languages develop like, a, like as much it's as ours do. if you learn it. That's uh, your first language, I guess. <laughs> there's a whole crap ton of studies about that bilingual children are just everything, God's gift to everything. So important, <laughs> so smart. The smartest kids, they do the best. They they shit gold. They, they get high college degrees and become doctors. <laughs> no kidding. But uh, no, anyway, though. So, I d- oh, here's a. Uh, that's boring shit. Sorry. Okay, moving on. That's I'm, boring shit. I'm sorry. You just... heard it here from Discount Lessons. <laughs> Or educate, whatever we called it. <laughs> Sorry, because it's like, I'm just trying to make sure I didn't miss anything that was, like, important off of that page. Because I'm like, oh, I have this, I have, I have shit, you have to see my notebook, if I have, I'm able to take a picture of it, but, like, I'm fucked on a blue notepad out here, I'm like, okay, here's my pages I have to go to. 
so the last thing I think for brain kid brain development is emotional regulation. And this is my favorite one because I think this one like goes, I think there's fucking adults that don't have that don't have emotional regulation <laughs> still. So like the first two, like understanding that you are a person yourself, important understanding that other people have independent minds. Also important. You have, this is like the majority thing to be functioning people. People function somehow without emotional regulation. <laughs> somehow, everybody knows somebody. Not necessary. It's clearly that's clearly this is the point. So I'm saying after the age four, you can technically survive from there on your own. You can abandon your kids at four. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> Anyone that doesn't have emotional regulation was abandoned right immediately oh when they got the first two steps. Okay, so sorry. <laughs> You're talking about this, though. So emotional regulation is the ability to control when your emotions happen. So, you know, when you're feeling angry that somebody cut you off in the line, you don't, like, talk to their manager, for example. Right. You just be like, okay, I'm mad, but I have other stuff to worry about and do. Uh, But this is actually acknowledged by everyone in, or I guess, or psychologists and shit like that, that for emotional regulation... You need effort for effortful control, which is the ability to regulate one's emotions and action through effort, not simply through natural inclination. So the first two things, again, with like being a human, those seem to be natural things that just occur over time, right? About that self, like this understanding. But emotional regulation actually requires you have to do it yourself. Like there's no natural thing that will make you do it. Yeah. And uh, this is actually interesting, too, because this is during... Um, Shit, I don't remember his first name, but there's a psychologist named Erickson. He's famous. And uh, this is during his stage, which his initiative versus guilt stage, which is his third psychosocial crisis, which is kind of paired with Freud's, like, five weird stages of dick growth. Um, I don't want to go into those. But I think this one's interesting because this one seems more on point is it's a, he calls it initiative versus guilt. So this is the age where kids will take on new skills and activities and feel guilty if they don't succeed at them. So it's like a kid will maybe try to help do the dishes. And for an example, like if the mom, if she did a poor job of the dishes and the mom crapped on her, she might kind of just feel guilty and like, kind of have that, like, remember that for that kind of thing of like, she just got crapped on as a kid for not doing this thing right by her mom. Right. Instead of being like, Oh, that was so good. Like, cause again, a five, a four year old, five year old is not going to do, it's not going to be able to watch things so well, but it's, uh, but they're showing initiative into doing a thing. And yeah, I've seen, like, I don't know, I've seen this in a couple kids like that age, like trying to do a thing like, Oh, it's such a good job. Like, you know, you want to encourage that shit. So Mm -hmm. I, this is where I'm like saying, I, I, I'm much, much more follow this guy um, for this too. But then people also kind of develop shame from guilt at this age too, as well though. So it's like kind of when kids are able to kind of maybe have a bit of that, like feel bad about a thing. And they kind of develop self-concept, which is like them getting to understand who they are and under, like kind of getting self-esteem and physical appearance and personality and various personal traits. And that's kind of, yeah, so. Development of humans is so interesting and weird. But now, how do you raise one of these interesting and weird kids? Well, we're going to get into that with challenges for caregivers. <laughs> this is how to raise your fucking kid. By the oh, way, I don't know what I'm talking about, so don't listen to me. So, 
There are oh, four main styles of parenting, which I think this is fair though, because again, this seems I don't this seems just kind of astute. Is that there's authoritarian parenting, which is high behavioral standards, strict punishment for, of misconduct, and little communication. So tiger moms. <laughs> there's permissive parenting. This is high nurture and communication with little dis- discipline, guidance, or control. So that hippie mom with the annoying kid that won't stop screaming at you. Then there's authoritative parenting, which is parents set limits and enforce rules that are flexible and listen to their children. And that's kind of like a mix of a bit of both. And then there's a fourth kind. And this is, okay, this is more, this is not actually a way of, this is kind of all the other bad categories. Neglectful or uninvolved parenting, which is parents that are indifferent towards their children and unaware of what's going on in their children's lives. And these are kind of the four main styles of kind of child rearing. And yeah, I think it's, I don't know, in my opinion, I think it seems kind of astute for just kind of like how I, at least I've seen people like, at least I think I've seen people raise their kids. Again, I don't know shit. I don't have any kids. So the effects of this, though, they have studied this, which I think is super interesting. Uh, but they found that the effects of authoritarian parents... Um, kids become like conscience, conscientious, obedient, and quiet, but not especially happy. They may feel guilt or depressed and blame themselves when things do not go well and be more critical. And they may rebel as adolescents and leave home before the age of 20. Because they're like, fuck you, mom, I'm going to go eat a donut. Children of permissive parents... They end up being unhappy and lack self-control, especially in peer relationships. They tend to suffer from inadequate emotional regulation and are immune from lack of friendships. And their main reason for their uh, and um, er, yeah, sorry, their main reason for their unhappiness. They tend to continue to live at home, still dependent in early adulthood. And then children of authoritative or authoritative parents are successful, articulate, happy with themselves, and generous with others. They are typically well-liked by teachers and peers, especially in societies in which individual and initiative is valued. And I don't think this, I don't know, this might be a biased thing, but this doesn't seem biased in this context anyway, but I thought that was just an interesting thing for, again, they've studied these different methods of raising kids and kind of what's happened. So it's something to think about. If you feel like I'm wrong, feel free to come tell me about it in our comment section, which is wherever you're watching it. I don't know how this works. At all. (laughs) Now, becoming boys or girls, sex and gender. I was hoping for, like, more one of those or something like that, but okay, I'll take it. So... This is my textbook saying this. (laughs) Yeah, or, yeah. Biology determines whether an embryo is a male or female. During early childhood, sex patterns and preferences become important to children and apparent to adults. At age two, children apply gender labels. At age four, they're convinced that certain toys and roles are best suited for one sex or another. In North America, sexual stereotypes are obvious and rigid between the ages of three and six. Uh, 
So here's how they define things specifically. So sex differences are biological differences between males and females in organs, hormones, and body type. Gender differences is differences in roles and behaviors of males and females. So gender is all the made-up stuff that Foucault and all them talked about, and then sex differences is like actual biology and science and stuff. Many preschoolers become rigid in their ideas of, of male and female. Most older children consider ethnic discrimination immoral, but they accept some sex discrimination. And younger children are usually confused about gender. Experts and parents disagree over what proportion of observed gender differences is biological and what proportion is environmental. Neuroscientists tend to look for male-female brain differences, and they find many. Sociologists tend to look for male-female family and cultural patterns, and they also find many. So, the point is is that it's a bit of both. It's nature and nurture. Everything is nuanced. It's almost like one didn't go out the window with the other, and everyone needs to stop screaming about shit. And there is kind of a... You know what I mean, and this is this. You know what I mean. I'm again my tech, and I'm I'm gonna get into. I have a bitch about my course. My course is not perfect, but I think this was a teacher question. This is not my course question. Interesting. But this was yeah. So this is like a this is like this textbook saying this, and this makes sense. So everything you, I like your singing of everything we want. So that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your beautiful voice. Uh, no. So. Next, there's... Oh, okay, so I have a bunch of notes here, but the Oedipus, Oedipus Complex, we're not going to go into that. Okay, not going into that then. No, not after Mr. Hands. That was enough for one episode. Ugh. We're not doing Oedipus 2. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, so here are aggression types in people. So there are four general aggression types. So apparently everything comes in fours. There is instrumental aggression, which is hurtful behavior that is intended to get some something that some other person has. It's apparent from age two to six. It involves objects more than people. Quite normal and more egocentric than antisocial. Uh, reactive aggression is an impulse retaliation for another person's intentional or accidental hurtful action. I think I know something about someone, something about this. <laughs> and indicates a lack of emotional regulation and characteristic of a two-year-old or a five-year-old can usually stop, or sorry, this is, um, yeah, sorry, this is a characteristic usually of a two-year-old. Five-year-olds can usually stop and think before reacting. Sometimes. There's retaliational aggression, which is non-physical acts, such as insults or social rejection aimed at harming the social connection between the victim and other people. This involves a personal attack and thus is directly antisocial and can be harmful and more and more common as children become socially aware. Then there's bullying aggression, which is unprovoked repeated physical or verbal attacks, especially on victims who are unlikely to, de- to defend themselves. In both bullies and victims, or in both bullies and victims, a sign of poor emotional regulation, adults should intervene before the school years. I disagree with that. I think bullying is healthy for society, but that's a thing for a different day. 
But these are just the types of regression that you'll have to deal with in life, ladies and gentlemen, as you go on and go into workforce. These don't leave childhood. These are all in adults, too, unfortunately, which is yeah. why I thought it was relevant to leave those in. So if you know anybody with those kind of regression styles or you even can reflect within yourself about which kind you are, it's just good to be aware of that stuff because that doesn't. I don't think that leaves childhood. I think that goes on with you until you're a fucking adult, in my opinion. Okay. People have issues. <laughs> oh, people are blame your parents. The end. <laughs> just okay. always blame your parents. No, but that's the thing is, I think my parents. Did, I think I think I turned out awesome. I I think my parents did a good job with me. Like I have my own neuroses and stuff like that, but I'm pretty content with myself as a person actually. Like I, I think my parents did a kick-ass job. Aww. Yeah. Um. And I, just I, I say I I'm I'm okay. Me not saying the same thing is just, I'm just remaining completely neutral and not saying things about my life. Like, that's... You're abstaining. I don't, I, I say neither you're, to either you're, you're side. You're abstaining. I don't have parents as me. I'm just, I mean, you know... You're that's, born in a factory, I get it. We're not talking to... I don't really want to go beyond the bit. I, like, I'm comfortable with the bit. It's a, t- it's a touchy <laughs> subject. You were born in Willy Wonka's factory and you escaped. <laughs> Uncle Columba helped you get out. Shouldn't it? I get it. You don't really have a, you know, you don't really have parents. I understand. It's fine. But anyway, that's what I'm just saying, though. Anyway, though, uh, so here. So here, here's the update on Odin, my virtual baby now. <laughs> Gummy bear didn't think it was horrifying, as horrifying as I did. So, this is called the just right phenomenon, where if you reward picky food behavior, it makes it harder to break other bad habits with other ki- with kids. And this is actually funny with me because I like that was something my parent. I was a picky fucking eater when I was a kid. My parents told me about that, and it was a conflict between them. But eventually, it just kind of worked out as I ended up eating everything by puberty. Hmm. But that was uh, when I was younger, yeah. And I don't know if that affected me with my bad habits, but I just think that's an interesting thing that they point out. Uh, by age two, the brain weighs 75% of its adult weight. <clears throat> I think it's capped off by five. So Odin is currently 37 pounds, three <laughs> feet, two inches tall. He is a bit chubby. I give him mostly healthy food. Oh, this this was an option in my role-playing game. So I chose to give him mostly healthy food. The other option was just give him junk food. (laughs) So it's like, okay, here's why these things are stupid, too. Because basically some of this child-wearing shit, these questions in the game are like, are you a reasonable person? Are you fucking stupid? It's like, oh, are you going to drink during pregnancy or are you not? Um, Okay, well, I don't know. I guess I'll just drink during pregnancy during my fucking college course. Like, sorry, some, some things in this program are dumb just in how it's structured. But I'm, I'm learning. I am learning. Do you think some of your classmates are, like, not trying to do the good thing and, like, are just, like, fucking around? Like, what's the goal here? Like, there's a thing with that, like, are you allowed to just do whatever you want? And, like, and, I like, think and then maybe what, you like, can. what's the assignment based on I think you can do these things? I think, at I, the think, end? I think you can do whatever you want. Like, I think, would I, they get a bad grade because, because they chose to, like, have their baby have, like, obstacles and, like, be a bad parent for, like, just for the game of it and then, and then write an essay about it is that the end goal that's there's like, no there's no essay i you know what i think actually about you know, it i wouldn't i'm interested I, the, to know the, that the grades i get on it are so the the assign the grades on the sim are just like you get a full grade for completing the assignment it's like two or three hours every block of it and then you get quizzed you get quizzed after so it's kind of like the more information you look up so it gives you like if you go straight through it's like an hour but if you go through the extra information which you're supposed to do then that's where you can answer like test questions and shit. Right. So it's kind of, it's 
I guess you could be a bad parent, you'll learn from your kid doing it right, but it's kind of like, I don't know, you don't actually get graded on how well you raise your kid, but I don't know, I guess maybe in a game is who does it. But the other thing I thought about is because there's a thing, whole thing in there about anti-vaxxing, or about vaxxing, it's like, oh, should you vaccinate your kids? Well, here's all the statistics about why it's good to vaccinate your kids, and blah, 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 and all these things. And I'm not, I'm not going to go on like an anti-vax thing, I'm just saying it's funny because I'm just wondering... There's probably at least one, one or two anti-vaxxers in my class, and I'm just like wondering if they're gonna be like, "No, virtual baby, no vaccine for you," <laughs> and because it's like the, this college is super fucking liberal, it's gonna be like your baby dies of cholera or some stupid shit like that. Okay, probably not that bad because your Whoa. baby has to live. No, no, I'm kidding. I won't kill the baby because you have to do the assignment. It won't be like your baby died after two weeks. You just failed the assignment. <laughs> I don't even do that. Sorry. Anyway, though, so Odin's fat though, so we need to get on that though. So we gotta put him in a pen. So, it says 78% of four-year-olds in preschool. Oh, shit. Sorry, I have to cut this. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. Okay, so there's a bunch of things about, like, preschool's a weird thing, actually. So, like, some cultures do preschool at age, like, three or four. Others, like, don't even do that. So, it's kind of like that varies depending on cultures. It's really weird. Sorry. And then, uh. But I was going to say, though, is I put Odin in a preschool with a field because he's chubby. <laughs> <laughs> so, this child, okay, so I was going to say, too, this childism fails because clicking buttons to make choices is not the same as being a single parent, keeping your head above water. Because there's certain things in here, too, where it's like, oh, choose how to divvy up your time and stuff like that. And it's like, uh-huh. okay, well, that's not how life works, man. Like, it just, but again, it's whatever. It's an educational thing. It's, yeah. It's the game thing. Is the imaginary friends are good for kids? These are common between four and five, and this helps them with theory of mind. So it's like they kind of might have trouble thinking that other people think differently than them. So having an imaginary friend helps them kind of attribute that mental state status. You know what I mean? I think that's a really cool thing too. So it's like that. That's a completely natural thing for kids. So young children tend to think that gender is ever-changing and fluid, but older children will understand that it's consistent or constant or whatever you want to say. And gender segregation is normal for young kids. They tend to have, like, rigid rigid constructions over what boys and girls do. So it's really common for, like, if you just put a bunch of kids in a giant pen and see what happens, they'll just, the boys will queue up with each other and the girls will queue up with each other, more commonly than not. So in my life sin, my wife left me. We tried to make it work, but we couldn't. And my video game wife left me, so now I'm a single dad. I get a long... Oh, yeah. So in my course, too, I get a long list of reasons about why we may have broken up. The list is longer (laughs) than Justin Trudeau's hit list. (laughs) It's... Yeah, no, it was, like, ridiculous. And this is funny, too, because it's nothing to do with human development. It's just, like, why relationships fail. (laughs) So, it's, like, 30 minutes of of content on that. Uh, this life parent has a parent smugly telling me her three-year-old will do go. Oh, sorry. This life sim has a scenario where a parent smugly tells me her three-year-old will go to Harvard because of the marshmallow test. Do you know about that? No. So the marshmallow test. Oh yes, I know about the marshmallow test. Yeah. So for anybody that doesn't, it's basically you put a you put a mar- you put a kid in a, mar- in a room with a marshmallow. And you say, okay, I'm going to leave you. Now I'm going to leave you for five minutes. And if you wait five minutes, or if you wait 15 minutes, you can have two marshmallows or how, or you get an extra prize or some shit. But if you yeah. eat the mushroom before this 15 minute marker, marshmallow. Yeah. You, you the, said mushroom. 
that, oh, sorry, I probably mumbled it. Marshmallow. <laughs> you said mushroom that one time. Oh, I didn't mean to. The marshmallow. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think it's uh, funny then because it's the thing where like I do the marshmallow test, and that's relevant on a kid's age as well because older kids will be able to regulate that a bit better than younger kids. Yeah, you know, it's like I'm trying to like I remember the first time I ever heard about the marshmallow test. I remember trying to think like. What would I have done, like as a kid? Like now, I'd I'd wait the fifteen minutes for that. I mean, actually, I probably wouldn't care about marshmallows because who wants to eat a fucking marshmallow? I'm not the biggest fan of marshmallows, um, bro. That's a thing. Uh, but but big... okay, let's say it's something that I want, and then yeah. if I wait, and they tell you first, right? They tell you. They basically they have to, that's a part of the part of the whole and part of the thing. They have, to explain, they have to explain the kid. They say like. Yeah. If you wait 15 minutes, you can have two marshmallows or a bonus prize or whatever. Like, I absolutely would pass the marshmallow test yeah. if it was something, like, at my level as an adult now. But the important thing is but that But as they... a kid, I'm like, D- would I have passed the marshmallow test, though? Like, uh, like, did I like marshmallows that much as a kid? Like, I'm just, like, I was trying to think about that, and I don't remember. I don't know. Well, there's funny stories... I of... think maybe I probably would have passed the marshmallow test, because... Who, who doesn't want two marshmallows? Well, here's what's funny. It's about, it's the timing thing about your urge to resist. Because here's what's fascinating about that particular experiment is it's all it's all anchored on the person leaving the room. Because if an adult's there, the kid's going to behave more likely. Right. But when the adults like by themselves, and there's a camera there watching too, right? Because like in that, what's really funny though is that there's some really funny stories about what kids do with these marshmallows. Where some kids try to hide it or something like that, or say, for "Oh later. yeah, I've but seen videos." There's one where this girl she like ate the entire inside of the marshmallow, but like pulled it out so it looked like it was untouched. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, that girl, <laughs> she's like, she's gonna, she's gonna grow up and like be a hacker or some shit. Like, <laughs> good for her. I hope she goes up and breaks the world. <laughs> uh, anyway, though, but Odin passed the marshmallow test, which I was super proud of. So I get to go smugly tell this Karen that my kid's gonna go to Harvard too because he also passed the marshmallow test, bitch. <laughs> you're a pretend child congratulations i'm so mad i'm so happy but at the same time he's a little fatty so i was like you're gonna eat right away you chubbo <laughs> <laughs> so i was so proud of him <laughs> anyway uh also oh so there's a thing too where here it says odin said his first swear bar swear word and this is a funny scenario because it's like, oh, what should you do? Like, should you be worried that he said a swear word? Did he learn it from you? Did he learn it from somebody else? But that's kind of a thing where psychologists say, don't actually worry about that because kids, they fast map. They're going to learn a word before they use it, which I learned the other day with a funny astrological sign joke. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, kids will. But that's uh, right. so that was just part of my scenario, too. So. It was when I was driving in traffic, and I think I someone cut me off, and Odin had the fair fair decency to say call that call that person out. So good for Odin, <laughs> proud of that. He's my boy. <laughs> um, also, I get like a I got rated on my parenting style. We're not going to go into that because that's too much. But basically, got like stats essentially like parenting knowledge, how stress where my stress oh no my parenting knowledge was high, my stress was low, my family relationship was low to medium. And they also give me parents on like, so like whether you do permissive, authoritarian, or authoritative parenting, they give you points on that. Where like I did a author, I did I did an authoritative parenting thing where I was like, I think he was having a shit fit. Odin was having a shit fit about bedtime, so I was like, I chose to sit with him and talk to him about his feelings and see where things are coming from, little guy. And I got points, five points for that. So I thought that was funny. 
So that's the end of my child rearing and child rate and child psychology, which I think is are just <laughs> cliff notes for important things that I think you can relate to. Most people can relate to somebody, you know, when you're older. So I think that's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break here because we're going to have a bit of a one last thing we'll touch on into our bit of our argument segment here. But <laughs> or do you want to do the you want me to bring up the social justice thing now? Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's based on a school thing. It's more just like a discussion. Mm. It's like a test Let's thing. Break quick break okay see you later soon see you soon not later i guess later is later than now time is relative though it's already later it's later than when you said later it's more later than now i pass our sword from shoveling all day so sit down sit down sit down welcome to the segment where we argue oh oh dear <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what we're doing. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be on opposing sides, so this is an entertaining debate. It's late. I'm tired. It's not that bad. But yeah, I guess you, you only get four hours of sleep, so that's important. <laughs> so the first thing I just want to bring up, because this is actually frustrating me as a uh, college question thing, because this was on, I don't, I'm not going to say the exact question or class, because I don't want to like give away an exam question, but the concept of it enough frustrated me that I think it's worth bringing up here. The question was, what is the best way to introduce a young child to social justice? What is your definition of social justice? And what are, like, more ways to incorporate it into society and, like, blah, 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 and just do more, like, you know, you know what I mean? That was the question? That was the question. That was my okay. one. That was one of two written exam questions oh, I had for my midterm. God. And so, again, this, not, this was in my sociology class. I still would think this is a very loaded question, but at least I'd understand it there because I'd be like, this is where this belongs. I, I'm telling you, this is not me being a shitty student. There's no point in my program where we have learned about when is the right way to teach a child social justice. That feels like, to me, a very loaded fucking question. And I get this from the textbook. And here's the thing that frustrates me is I would get that if this question... Like, I don't think that question was from my textbook because my textbook is pretty balanced on this shit because my, my textbook, te- textbook is like... They're not completely left. The textbook isn't completely, like, liberal and shit like that. Like, it's pretty, like, this is what the science is, for at least we know for humans and other shit's up for debate. So they're pretty open about that, right? And they do have, like, a bit of a, like, yeah, but they're mostly centrist, it feels. But this was, like, just so surprising because this was from my, like, teacher that was like, oh, well, like, oh, well, hmm. Either way, it was, I don't know, threw me off. Because social, social justice, dude, too, do you know what the actual definition of it is? There's, like, a clear Oxford definition, but everyone, like, changes it now. I guess not. Basically, it just means, like, equality for equality of wealth, opportunity. Can I borrow your phone for a second? Can I pull it up? Sorry, because mine's charging. Because this has an Oxford... It's actually... I didn't know this, but social justice isn't... Social justice isn't just a buzzword that's going around, thrown around by, like, conservatives and liberals and shit. It's, like, an actual thing, which I didn't know about. So, social justice, by from Oxford, is justice in terms of the distribution of wealth, opportunities, and privileges within a society. Okay. So that actually sounds like communism, kind of. <laughs> I was going to say when you were trying to describe it, I was like, do you mean communism? That sounds a little bit like communism, does that not? But that's the Oxford definition of it. But think about how many people use that. Like they, I don't think that's what they mean when they say that. And because like, social, just, social justice warrior doesn't mean like it, it's not correlated with that. Because those are people that freak out on the internet. They go on like a rampage to ruin somebody's life because they don't agree with a thing. So you know what I mean? That's where I'm saying like it doesn't core, it doesn't line up with what how people use it. 
I, I just thought this question was like very like I, I it frustrates me because this is like this is the kind of thing I see it is that when conservatives conservatives point at learning at colleges and they're like look how liberal they are and like I'm like well I can't argue with that because they asked me this stupid fucking question that's totally out of place in my psychology class like my human development class yeah that's like a total sociology thing and I'm not like saying I know better than my teacher but again there was nothing in that in yeah, my book about it either place, yeah. so it just seemed like very like. Did the teacher put that there? Because it wasn't anything in my textbook about social justice. There's none of that shit. The very most, the closest my textbook touches any issues like that is they're like, usually like minority communities suffer more from these statistics like childhood obesity, I think is more common in like, I, oh, fuck, I don't have the, I don't have my statistics for that, but okay. sorry, I didn't think I was going to go into this. Basically, they pull it up though where it's like, I think, I think it was either black people or Hispanic people have a higher rate of obesity than white people do, which is all high, but it's like, you know what which I mean? Which could be a class issue exactly because, yeah low just low-income neighborhoods in general exactly not even a race thing not attributing that to any physical differences and they they go into that too they go yeah. into these nuances where they're like it could be for all these different reasons right because psychology is a little bit of sociology as well but then like i said that's the most they go into it right again i don't think i've read the word social justice in my textbook like at least not enough to warrant that being my midterm question because again like because again it's like if it was just one test it wouldn't be like it'd be just where the fuck was this but again this yeah. is like a midterm thing i was like this is just very i don't know i thought it was very out of place for a midterm question the other one felt fun though the other one was like a reasonable thing about about like methods and uh, like the theories and shit i was like yes here here's what i learned from theories and shit but either way so the froggy chair from animal crossing <laughs> we have a beef on this apparently so apparently surprisingly okay so quick game thing the Animal Crossing New Horizons has gotten a major update, and it's <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's a very big update. It gave a lot more a lot more content, a lot more items, and everybody is flipping shit on YouTube over the fucking froggy chair. It's not why are you saying YouTube? It's, it's not all, YouTube. Every it's time, the whole. It's the entirety of the Animal Crossing community, regardless of where they are. YouTube, it's not just YouTube. Animal Crossing YouTube. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I should clarify. It's Animal Crossing YouTube. No, the community. It's not just on YouTube. It's everywhere. <laughs> the only thing I see is YouTube, so I assume it. I don't assume it's everything. So that's a problem with your bubble. It's in the entire community. So, but that's then, what I'm trying then to. I'm saying it's equally. See, dumb. We, it's we dumb haven't even started. We're talking about the same thing. I'm saying we're we're saying the same thing. Though. I'm saying that it's dumb that throughout the entire community as well because it's a stupid it's a froggy chair just it's not that what's the big deal with it i i you know what i don't know because personally like okay so the reason why the the reason why we decided to have this argument is because i don't have anything concise enough for local waters yes i have a few little things i could mention but i don't i want to i would rather do deep dives on things so i don't really feel like doing it this week Mm Hi, it's Editing Gummy Bear. So in true Canadian Pirate Cast fashion, we recorded this episode the day before all the catastrophic flooding all over the province. So I just wanted to pop in and say that we are obviously not ignorant of that fact. It was just bad timing, and I hope everyone stays safe out there. Let's get back to the show. So we're pulling this out of our so, house. Right before recording, I was playing Animal Crossing, and I got the fucking froggy chair out of the balloon when the update was announced in the update trailer there you saw in the corner of one of the rooms the froggy chair and i don't understand the obsession and yes i freaked out and got really happy when i found it because apparently it's iconic now but i personally have no connection to it whatsoever but 
I want to say that I think that the reason why people freaked out about it is because it hadn't been in the game previously. So there was a little bit like, there was like, you know, every now and then you'd see stuff about like, ooh, the froggy chair from like New Leaf and stuff. Like people would talk about it from previous games a little bit. Has it been in previous games? Yes. I don't know. Um, So it has been. And then it wasn't in this game, and that made it, like, so much more of a big deal of, like, we miss the froggy chair. And my favorite meme when before the game came out was um, a picture of this, a screenshot of the froggy chair in the update trailer. And then just, like, underneath it just says the the title from the movie, Return of the King. (laughs) Because everyone was really excited about it. For no reason. It's just a silly thing. Okay, that's fair. That's. I feel I'm, like I'm, you're just trying to be contrarian for, like, no reason. Like, fuck the froggy chair. <laughs> he said, it's not even that cute. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm not I don't get it. I don't get it either, but I don't, like, I don't get angry about it. I wasn't angry about it. It's like, half of me just being a shit talker. Half of me just shit talking. It was, uh, I didn't like, okay, here's the I do think. You go on. I'm going to pull up my game right now and convince you it's cute. Well, show it to me. Wait, did you buy it? No, I found it in a balloon. Oh, right. I got lucky and I found a balloon. That's why I got excited. Oh, clap, 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 clap. Yeah. Yeah, you clap for me. Balloon, balloon luck. You do that. Just don't do it during the Remembrance Day thing. <laughs> so, okay, so the froggy chair is just like this regular school chair with like little frog eyes in the back and like a little mouth or something on the back part of it too. I don't think I'm being contrarian. I not saying it's not cute. I just don't know why. Why does it annoy you so out. much Doesn't that people s- like it? It doesn't annoy me. Why does much. it? It doesn't. It does. It doesn't. I just don't get it. There's a difference between me being annoyed with it and not understanding why it's popular or why it's a big deal. And if I've, you remind me of it now. I think because it's like not even part of a set. I don't know. I'd have to like really research it. Is it like a rare piece of like, is it unique in some way? Is it okay, like that's what I mean? What makes it? Well, I'm going to show you the froggy chair now. Okay. Also, I'm going to look up why do people like it because I've never tried. I'm sure it's gonna, I'm sure there'll be. See, this is the three... best kind of argument because I'm not even that invested. I'm sure that there'll be three <laughs> Tumblr posts on it. No, no, we don't actually care. <laughs> I love the cooking thing. Though. I'm so happy with that. Yes. Addition. I'm just. I don't want to. Oh, by anything. the way, buy turnips BTS. because if you do, you'll be sent a recipe mm-hmm. with bamboo shoots. Because mm-hmm. usually she sends you bamboo shoots. I missed her to death. So I need to time warp back just to get that and then skip it. Well, she sends you a bamboo shoot recipe. Dope. And it's like a bunch of bamboo shoot lights. I can't wait to remake my island, my communist nation that's under civil war right now. My rebel pirates. It's so cool. Look at him. He's so happy. It's going to turn around. Oh, it's the entire thing. Okay, so the entire chair is like that. So it's not even like an outline. Look at him. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here. You heard it here, folks. I said it's cute. I didn't say it's, it's cute. cute. Cute enough to, to be the focal, to be the thumbnail it's of every video. It's because it's been in every single Animal Crossing is game. This, it's a staple. Is this the only thing that, is this the only staple that's returned or were there no other staples? Wait, has it been in the, was it in the first one? Yes. Ooh, so it's a legacy item. It's okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay, well now I understand it a bit more and now you told me it's a legacy item. I didn't know that. Look, here's a picture of it in the very first game. Look how cute it is. 
Oh man, that looks pretty good in the first game too. Like because the first game looked like shit. And it's just and it's just like oh, it's so silly. It's a froggy chair. That's okay. That's cute. I'm not saying it's cute enough. To, okay, well, like at least I understand the thing though. Okay, so again, I and again, I'm not as invested as in Animal Crossing as you. I like it. It's a really fun game. But well, I, didn't, I never played. Okay, so here I played. Can I tell you my? Or do you yeah. Want, do you well, know? I just I was just gonna say because I feel like you were gonna go into your Animal Crossing history, and I just I only played. Oh, Cliff Notes. New Leaf to death. Like I played it for mm. four years straight. I played the first or the first North American Animal Crossing when back. I would, in- I, I would die to get my hands on the GameCube to play it. Well, here's what happened. My mine was <laughs> actually really- I wouldn't because it would take so much effort, and I have my own. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually not. I wouldn't actually play it. I'm not even whatever. <laughs> you know, you want to know, you want to know how late this was though, because I didn't know what I was getting into with the game, because I just saw the commercials for a cute, cool game on GameCube. Mm-hmm. These are back in the days when you would rent a GameCube from Blockbuster, and, and like you know, you rent the whole system, and you get to go home with a couple games. So you rent it for a weekend. So you rent a game that's basically playing it every oh, single day yeah. for a weekend. That's not a good way to play a game. No, it's soon. not. So well, the I, only time I ever played... Sorry to interrupt. Go for but it. the only time I ever played the very first Animal Crossing, I was, like, having a sleepover at, like, some random people's place. Like, not random. Like, they were friends, and, like, it was a whole thing. <laughs> I kind of nocturnal person, so I was up later than everybody, and I was like, oh, I'll play on the GameCube, and I'll play this Animal Crossing game. Sure. <laughs> and, yeah, so then... It, it's in real time, so, like, it was at night, so... And, like, I didn't, like, do anything to mess up their, like, town or whatever. Because there was nothing to do, and I basically... I remember Resetti showed up. <laughs> I'd never, ever played before, and I was like, okay. And then I basically just, like, talked to whoever was out there and, like, just wandered around. And was like, well, I have no idea... Like, I don't understand this game, because I didn't know anything about it. Can I just say too quickly, for anybody that doesn't know about Animal Crossing... Which, we can just quickly give a synopsis of what this game even is, for anybody that doesn't oh, know. you can try, yeah. Can't even think about it. So it's just a little life sim game, where you live in a little village, and you have little animal neighbors, anthropomorphic, anthropomorphic animal neighbors, that live with you, and you kind of collect fruit, and sell it, and buy furniture, and customize your house. It's cool. It's a nice, fun little game. I was going to say, Versetti is a little angry mole that pops up when you... When you didn't save your game. Because back in the day, saving was a pain in the ass for the GameCube, so it would be, if you didn't save before oh, closing, it, it sucked. Oh, yeah, it was a, that's why. It was because the game was Never tied to... Because the game was tied to the system's clock, too. Oh, yeah. So it was like a whole bunch of things, right? But right. you can get away with it, because you can, you can play that game with time cheating, the original yeah, game with time cheating. I've heard that. Uh, either way, though, I was going to say that... Okay, yeah, Froggy Chair's cute. I'm probably going to ask you to send me one. I won too. the debate. Fine, send me one. Well, I was going to say, I thought, <laughs> I, thought, I thought the name for this segment, Friendly Fights. Oh, I love it. Yeah, because... I told you it would come to you. Again, because it's, like, yeah, it's like, we're debating, but we're still friends. We're still friends. Friendly yeah. Fights. Uh, yeah, no, so, anyway, I, again, so, okay, no, but again, I understand the legacy of it, though, knowing that's from the first games. So that's really cool, though, because those first games, this game, it's, like, 20, is it on 20 years now, or is it? Uh, what's GameCube? No, it's probably 15. 15. At le- like, 15, probably. Well, the first one was for the N64 in Japan, so it's, I don't want to say 15. Let's say, I think 15 is save, and save, and we'll maybe Corrections Corner that shit later. Do yeah, you want okay. To, do you want us to finish up Captain's Kitchen here? I was, uh something else i was gonna say about animal crossing oh yeah okay. i just like, like like i said never really played it until i got new leaf on my 3ds mm. and like i remember i like went on a vacation like right right after getting it and just like having fun just like relaxing and playing playing animal crossing and on my it was like around my birthday so it was mm. a lot of fun yeah and so cool. like i played the absolute crap out of that game and you remember how excited i was when this one finally came out oh me too 
We had a whole countdown about it. <laughs> no, we did. It was a big deal. It was because again, this was well. This was this is the first system in a long time where Nintendo's made a bunch of games the fans have wanted yeah. severely. So it's like, yeah, fuck yeah. I was gonna say my last thing too is what my big thing was. I played New Leaf Two on DS when I had one. I didn't play it that much though because uh, DS is just like a whole other thing. I'm like I'm a console gamer at, like for the most mm-hmm. part, right? I got a lot of use out of my 3DS. Mm-hmm. I still have it. I won't sell it. Hmm. That's fair. I think I still have mine too. I won't. I wouldn't sell it. That was anyway. Though I was saying my one main memory from that dear though, Nintendo, please bring back proper themes for the to Nintendo Switch. I don't know if it ended up being a money sink for you guys, but like the whole decoration thing that you had going on with the bat with the sticker, like the badges and the themes in um on the Nintendo DS, I would love again. I would love to have it again. I used to like play I would play the three DS so much I would like decorate my like home screen for Christmas and like I loved it. <laughs> I didn't know you please. Could do that. Please I didn't know you could do that. That's also another reason why I'll never sell my three DS. <laughs> uh, my one memory from Animal Crossing on the three DS was my old coworker who so I had the game for like a year, then I put it down for a bit. <coughs> His girlfriend wanted to play with me, play, so I was like, whatever. So I just signed in, and I was playing something on my console while she was, I just let her into my village. So I just texted him, though, after a while. I was like, hey, she, did she get in? He's like, yeah, she did. She's pillaging. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. That's what, that's my favorite memory that's from great. that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean for this to become, like, a whole, like, full-on Animal Crossing series mini-review. Yeah, it wasn't really... We, we thought of the idea to... To fill in my local waters time space. <laughs> no, it ended up being a little bit of a touchy but, yeah. thing that, too, but... Uh, we're going to take a quick breather, then we'll end on Captain's Kitchen and learn about the best German stew you could possibly make le- that you would learn from me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yep, I'm pumped to do this too, Gummy Bear. I get it. We were just like running up a mountain, punching a giant cow. Rocking so, so that's just Salome was training beside us. It was pretty cool. He's still keeping in shape. That was one hell of a way to start the segment. It okay, was. welcome to Captain's Kitchen. Good. Why did I say it was about to say good night? Good morning. It's a good night. It is a good night to talk in the, about the kitchen stuff. So, German beef stew, kind of. Gummy bear, what did you think? German, with air quotes. Air quotes, sorry, yeah, I'm air quoting with my Maybe. fingers. Maybe, we don't know. <laughs> it's kind of, so here, well, here there's, here's the explanation to this. So... The recipe I got was an Italian recipe, but I basically swapped out all the Italian herbs for basically things that would grow in Germany. And so you made it German personally, pretty much. That's and cool. Yeah. So and it was like, and it's most it's mostly in the spices, but also like the vegetables too, because like Italians yeah. do have tomatoes in it. Where this one I took around, right. I made it. It's so this German stew um, is really ba- it's kind of I don't know. It could be it could be both, right? So it's a bit of a you can cut shit out of it too, but it's a bit of a I don't know, maybe... I don't think this is that hard, hopefully, but... I don't know. We talk about this, too. So this is, like, a medium recipe, I'd say. Medium-level recipe. And this is a cool recipe, too, because I made it as, like... I made it during, like, a really, like, intense time in my life. You took a recipe, and you really made it your own. Yeah. Well, also, just, like, you know, I have a thing where whenever I'm going through, like, an emotional crisis, I just focus on cooking, because it, like, makes me so Mm. happy. And I just, like, focus on it, and that's all I do. And I've made a perfect fucking stew... And I tested oh, this recipe. I tested this recipe again. Tried it again with gummy bear for dinner, and it worked out perfectly. It was not. I, there was not. I did not. Have, I did not have an issue with the liquid in it. So I was so happy with that. So gummy bear, what did you think of the stew? I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I remember the first iteration. It was that was 
phenomenal too. But on the but this trip, one on the pirate ship we worked on. Yes, but way this back one, when. I'm like I think you just you dialed back your salt a little bit, mm. which is good. I think maybe you have a like a less salt sensitive tongue, because mm. sometimes you do things a little too salty, but. No, I do. I know um, I do. And the the first one was a little bit, but it was still it was still like oh, I don't care. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's like, and I I'm pretty sure I told you that the first time as well. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit, and then we like watered it down or something. But mm-hmm. because that wasn't like the anyway. Mm-hmm. Sorry, ramble. Nah, uh, <laughs> we're coming to the end here. This time it was perfect on that level. I didn't feel like I needed to add anything to it. I didn't feel like it was too much. So like absolutely perfect. Okay. Well, and here's the so. And we ate it, like, on a plate and not in a bowl, and that didn't even end up being a problem, which is, like, says a lot about, like, how good of consistency it was, and, like, perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you. And, like, okay, so here's the thing. I want to clarify this, too. So there's some things that are kind of, I, this one I made, the one I made with you and me, for you and me in particular, there was, like, some things I, I did a bit differently, so I had to tweak some things. Yeah, I know that. Um, because I. Especially you, with the meat. Well, I had to use a different type of fat, too, because mm. this, ba- this one calls for bacon fat, because that was a super, ger- super German thing, is using bacon fat everything. Sorry. Deck. One. Deck kitties, come. Come just, here. Just one of them. Tippy. You deck decor okay whoa anyway she, she's, don't disrespect my she's, a, she's an attention whore she is i love her to death but she's such an attention, attention whore don't call her a deck whore god she's both <laughs> two things we can be two things it just sounded so vulgar i'm sorry Spectres, I'm it, 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 you know what i was just like you whoa that's that's you know uh... what gonna be better being a whore is a spectrum you just need to accept that get woke <laughs> so okay Okay, so sorry. Yeah, the one. So like, I won't get into the differences made with this one I made for you. But the, here's the general one that I like. The main one that I uh, use. So for this Captain Kids beef stew, kind of. That's German. <laughs> okay, so this recipe calls for this is all milliliters too, just for clarification. Or I was gonna ask tablespoons. Should I do like tablespoons or milliliters? Do tablespoons. People, most people don't understand. All right. So do two. You need two tablespoons of honey, two tablespoons of olive oil. I do about two pounds of stew beef, roughly. Like, but that's because I like meaty stuff. But you don't need; you only need one as a minimum. Again, this is to taste. But again, I start with one teaspoon of salt and pepper. Or sorry, one teaspoon of salt and one teaspoon of pepper. Two and a half. No, sorry, I did you know, two to two and a half liters of beef stock. Four to six large carrots. Four to six large celery celery stalks. Three large onions sliced into like ribbons or the long, the long things. <laughs> Four peeled garlic cloves that are sliced like lengthwise, and that's super important. Long, not long, not minced. Yeah. Uh, Wait. Go. You mean like? Yeah, or... you you slice it so they're big, big flat pieces of garlic because that'll make them sweet. Okay. Sorry, I'm overthinking it. No, no, it's okay. That's making, a... I'm making this worse. Okay, I'm so no, that's, sorry. No, that's an important detail for garlic. Is a quick sidebar for garlic is that if you mince it, it's peppery. If you slice it, it's a little bit not sweet lengthwise and peppery. though. Lengthwise, well, just you want flat slices no. of it. Flat slice, like you want flat slices. Okay, this is the piece of garlic. Yes, like this or like this. Just doesn't matter either way. Like this it's... is lengthwise and this is widthwise. You're just slicing it up and down, like it's up and down, chop, 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 up and down. With your hand and a knife. It's and not meant... Okay. Why would you cut it to the side? That's so dangerous. Because that's what it means when you say lengthwise. And there's a difference. I thought lengthwise just meant, like, the no, long honey. way with it, like, 
from like no oh okay i'm I've trying been... to demonstrate visually the difference here. oh i did not know that okay <laughs> thank you for that correction normally slice would be widthwise like this okay so you're slicing it by so the width slice it widthwise not by the length okay slice it just slice it slice how you would long and flat but safely yes. slice them safely however it's whatever safe for you oh people. my god okay <laughs> no seriously uh, no sorry but that's just okay you know what i want someone to do because we've never we haven't actually followed through with posting the recipes and i'm sorry to interrupt your recipe i tend to use a couple of some of the recipes i know but we're bad at social media and anyone who follows us knows that i would love to see somebody follow this any of our recipes that we've ever said in any captain's kitchen without writing it down just listening to to it and trying to do it and then and then show us the outcome because i think that would be wonderful called the kid recipe challenge yes i'm down Let's start a viral <laughs> challenge. we need to go viral that'll get our numbers up <laughs> we should <laughs> That's how that works. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't know how the internet works. I'm, old, I, I, I'm middle-aged. Mm, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm, not. I'm, I'm still young. <laughs> There's... Uh, never mind. 30 is Sorry, young. continue with the recipe. I am really sorry. It's okay. I'm the worst. Episode, I'm the... Basically... Okay, so... I'm the worst this episode. Okay, bye. I'm sorry. You're not the worst. Calm yourself. <laughs> so, okay. Four sliced garlic cloves. <laughs> Then four white potatoes quartered. Now this depends on the size. If they're small, just cut them in half. If they're larger, cut them into like quarters, like one <coughs> medium one into like eight pieces roughly. And they specifically have to be white potatoes. Yellow potatoes don't really do have the same effect, nor do red potatoes. White but not russets? I wouldn't do russets. Just white. Just white. Russets are best for dry cook method and whites are best for moist cook methods and i know okay so it's like okay. you serve moist foods with moist cook method potatoes because it just okay. pairs better with it instead of having roasted ones i don't know the difference between potatoes oh well, we can go with that that's a whole thing i can go into a different episode i can the like, potato episode no there's a total there's a potato episode totally there's a whole different types I love there's the a potato episode yeah there's a whole okay cool because I, I i'm so interested in that shit sorry anyway though so yeah four white potatoes though go canada for growing so many fucking potatoes <laughs> two tablespoons of bacon fat and okay so the flour will depend so you can sub out other fats but you have to adjust your flour that's what i did with this recipe where okay. i use pork fat not bacon fat on other the same but bacon fat's like a bit richer and thicker mm-hmm. where pork this pork fat was from a fucking loin okay yeah so 30 milliliters of bacon fat with about 30 milliliters of flour maybe 20 just kind of rough that out then you need one tablespoon of dijon mustard one can of beer and if you like some Worcestershire 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 shosh and if you but that's optional <laughs> I forget that all the time <laughs> it doesn't make it perfect it's just like an extra little thing yeah and then you need your sachet of bay leaf gotta have enough bay leaf gotta have enough bay leaf did this have enough bay leaf it did it, it, yeah okay good there's four bay leaves wrapped in cheesecloth <laughs> that were in that in that stew I made you wrapped them really well, just to bundle them together so they don't like thought. I don't have to pick them up individually because it's a pain in the ass. Oh, okay. That's neat. That's a neat trick. Yeah. It's like, well, that's what cheesecloth is dope because you can buy it. I found a, you can buy it from shoppers for like crap ton of it. Oh, yeah. And you just wrap your herbs in it. It's like treated because it's meant to have dice in it. So it's like clean for your food. It's cool. It's totally great because you just bundle your herbs in it and you pull it out and it's not messy. So you do like, if you want. Okay. So again, you can customize your herb basket to your thing. But if you want my perfection, you <laughs> do four to five bay leaves. Some whole, a few, like, whole peppercorns, like, less than a teaspoon, I'd say. And then 
two teaspoons of thyme, two teaspoons of rosemary directly in the stew because that shit's healthy for you, along with two teaspoons of allspice and one teaspoon of nutmeg. Mm. And these are the and those are the German spices that I claim are German for to make it a German <laughs> stew. The main thing is the allspice and the nutmeg because those were the main swap outs because both I think they can I think they could grow thyme and rosemary too, but I think the Italians do it like oregano and shit. I like the German one better. Fun fact for allspice too: allspice is uh, it soothes stomachs. It's like it's kind of it was it's like a old shaman thing too, but it's good for if you have uh, if you've been eating too much, if you have a bit of a sick stomach, it's good for soothing it. Okay, so here's the best way to cook this: first, you season your raw meat and you put it in a brown pot. I should say too. Also, I made this with ground beef, but when I say stew beef, uh, those are like chunks of chuck, basically of meat chuck, essentially like cubes. Or you can buy a stew beef from a grocery store and it's already cut oh, up. Ground in chunks. beef is like um, as you made it tonight, you made it mm. with the ground beef. Yeah, that's not like a, a. It worked really well, and I feel like that's perfectly reasonable, cheaper way to make it. Oh, totally. Somebody, yeah. It's fine. So yeah, it's the way I made it with for tonight is a more practical way because ground beef is also easier to divvy up if you're serving it to multiple people, which is like a spiritual yeah. like people thing with me. Uh, but again, you can use uh, big stew chunks, which is really dope too if you like a rich piece of meat. So you first you season your meat, you brown it in a pot and sear it on all sides. Then you put it in a bowl and rub it with honey. And the honey is very important because oh. the honey is what tends so okay. I never would have guessed that. Yeah, you do this with ground beef or the stew meat, but it's really it's extra important with the stew meat because honey is a tenderizer. So fun fact for anybody that doesn't know this, but honey is a great tenderizer for meats, cuts of meat essentially, to make them softer and easier to eat. Cool thing when I originally made this recipe, I made it so that you could eat everything in the bowl, including the piece of meat, with a crappy disposable hippie eco wooden spoon which has like the durability oh my god i think popsicle sticks have more durability than those stupid spoons but either way um so this makes the meat super tender the honey is very important to that though because and i don't know the science of it but there's like enzymes in the honey that help tenderize meat so that's very important to, to let that sit with the honey rubbed on the meat then cook the meat cubes in 500 milliliters of stock with the sachet and along with the allspice, nutmeg, and Worcestershire, if you have decided to put that in. Cook your carrots and celery in 500 milliliters of stock until they are tender. Oh shit, sorry, and they should be sliced into large chunks. Kind of like, go Google medium dice, and that's about the size they should be. Cook your potatoes in one liter of stock until they're tender. Cool the veg under cold water, and then cool the potatoes on a tray, but save all the stalks. Do not pour any of the stock out. So as you cool your vegetable and you've saved your stock now, put all the stalks back into the meat pot. Then take, oh shit. Okay, sorry, this is a side thing. You need a little thing here. I forgot about this. This is the Miraman wet or something. It's some fancy thing to make the stock better. So in a separate thing, you need to sw- cut into a small dice, one carrot, onion, and celery. So you need to sweat one carrot, onion, and celery in bacon fat and add the flour to make the roux after they're kind of sweated like a little bit. They're like nice and sweaty in the pan. Once you're making your roux and when your roux is browned, add your mustard and cook for only about one minute. Do not cook it for very long with the mustard in there. It's just like to start the deglazing process. Then you deglaze that bad boy with beer. And you, when you pour this can of beer into your sauce, I recommend IPA for this is best i use electric unicorn for this recipe too i think it's the best balance for this too but it's kind of or you want like a sweeter beer for that you want like a sweeter beer for this too if you have a flavor profile i want to try something different 
but you deglaze with beer in this uh, thing and mix it around until you have like your thick kind of beer gravy sauce, um, all with the veg. Then you add 500 milliliters of stock to that sauce of like carrots and diced carrots and stuff like that. Simmer that for 30 minutes and then strain all of that vegetables out and just take all of that liquid that you've just simmered or it's all that roux liquid that you simmered like that kind of gravy that you simmered with the bacon fat and the mustard and the beer and everything you strain all the liquid out and then you add that into the meat pot so now that's like a super liquid that's going to bulk your sauce up and make it like it's going to make your stew liquid the best stew liquid that's ever been a stew liquid on the face of earth this, this next thing is very critical for the flavor of the stew and what makes it perfectly amazing. Saute two sliced onions that are sliced in like the long strip things until they're caramelized. And what this means is a very specific process where you cook these onions over a long period of time consistently as like they stick to the bottom of the pot and like a little bit of brown stuff sticks to the bottom of the pot. You scrape it off with a wooden spoon until the bits mix in with the onion and the onions brown a little bit. And then you repeat the process until your onions are perfectly caramelized and they're like nice and kind of a little bit like light brown, dark brown. You don't want to burn them, but you just constantly scrape the bottom of the pot until those onions are caramelized. After that, you want to simmer the meat cubes for about three to four hours. Okay, so here, here's the difference. Simmer the meat cubes. If you're using full meat chunks of stew meat, simmer them, simmer them for three to four hours in the super liquid and then remove the sachet and the meat as an optional thing you can add a can of you can add frozen beans like a can of a strained can of beans or some frozen beans as an optional thing but if you do that you have to cook it for an extra 30 minutes when you are done the stew and you want to serve it so there's a couple ways you can do this too and as a final thing for how you serve the stew as well because that's just kind of getting everything ready to serve it you can either mix the stew liquid with the vegetable, you mix the stew liquid and the vegetables all together. So you put a scoop, uh, you put all your caramelized onions and your carrots and your celery all into the stew liquid together. And it's very important to make sure maybe even mix a bit of that stew liquid into the bottom of the onion pot to deglaze it and get all the flavor of the onions, all that caramelization out there into the into the pot. Because that caramelization of the onions is going to add like a sweet and smoky flavor to the stew that's really just unreal. And I cannot stress how important this is to make like this amazing, the stew like just pop. You add your stew chunks in there, serve it up, scoop it, make sure everyone gets an even amount of meat. Again, ground beef, easier to serve up. And that's the process of making the stew. And again, it's easy to reheat and I, you can do it in more pretentious ways if you want. I did it in a way once where I cooked everything separately. So that's how you make that German stew. That's so awesome. And again, I, I stressed for like five minutes how important caramelized onions were. <laughs> Thank you for dealing with this worker revolt gummy bear. You push them back in their corner and tell them to accept their beans and take them. <laughs> like that Twilight kid. What's his name? What's the Twilight kid's name? Kid? The Twilight guy. Robert Pattinson. Well, it's he's done get... some awesome things since then. So. I know, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, though, it's like, he's like, yeah, tell him to take his beans, boy. Just like in that movie with... I guess he's about to be Batman, so... Uh, I'm not a fan of that. But I was going to say that... We'll see. He was in that... I want to see The Lighthouse, though. He's in that... Oh, my God, The Lighthouse is so good. I want to see that. Who's it's this? Disturbing. Willem Dafoe. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's the beans thing I'm talking about. Like, you got to make him eat his beans, boy. Get your beans, boy. Admit it, you like me lobster. <laughs> I to, yeah, I need to see that movie. Really, you do. That's ne- oh my god, that's next on our list of things I'm gonna oh make you watch. I'm playing Animal Crossing <laughs> while I do it. <laughs> no, you won't. Fine. 
don't watch. Either way, I, like I know he's a good actor. I, I, okay. I don't. I don't hold the Twilight thing against him. I know he's just trying to escape that shit. But anyway, so that's the end of the. Uh, I think we're, we're just rambling about bullshit. Now. We always do that at the end. That's the end Every of Captain's time. Kitchen. Well, that's the point of it, right? <laughs> you need that outro. Yeah, you gotta have us rambling as an outro. It's necessary. Uh, so see, I always want to say Patton Oswalt though. I, I want to see Patton Oswalt the Batman. That'd be an interesting casting choice. <laughs> 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 So, any closing? I didn't watch it. I think a trailer came out for that. I didn't see it. I try not to watch trailers now, but I think I... I, I know, right? I, I can't remember. Better. I don't think I've watched... I can't remember. I don't think I watched it, because I was just like... I, I, saw, either, I just saw pictures. So, I don't know. I haven't seen pictures either. I'm just like... I don't know. I'm I'm not... Have a... you seen... Have you seen other movies that he's in, actually? No. Because... Okay. Because there's a few that are really good that can show... Like, good time... Okay. Recommendation. Watch Good Times. Um, it's by the same... The writer-director people that made Uncut Gems... Mm-hmm. I need to see um, that too. They're really good. They do a bunch of stuff. They're really good uh, directors, writers. And Lighthouse is really good with him in it. And the reason being is because, like, you don't even think about the fact that he was the Twilight guy. <laughs> you know? And I'm sure there's other, there's a couple other movies that he's been in that I've heard are really good too. So, you know, if you can make people forget that you were in, like, seven movies being this cringy character that was pe- poorly written, then I think you're a pretty good actor. <laughs> Well, it's not even like it was his fault either, right? Because he was the he was the main boy in that movie, right? Well, you same with uh, what's her face? What's the what's her face, right? Like they basically nobody, basically just signed on. And they were like, Why I think are nobody we doing can, this? I think nobody can remember that actor's that actor's name. Cre- Bear- Stewart. Stewart Kirsten, I think it was. Kristen. Kristen or Kirsten. Who's no smiley make never smiley ten. I've seen her in other things that she's good in. Well, we're not going to talk about it. We're going to end the podcast She's good now. at breathing through her mouth. She can mouth breathe like a boss. I will say that. Cool. <laughs> anyway, so closing remarks on uh, actors, actors and things like that. Gummy Bear. They're all, they're all lame anyway. I like entertainment. I do not idolize anybody. Okay, we and, should end this, though. Yeah, we gotta end it. Also, Mandy Moore's working, gonna... too, still, so that's significant, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Oh, All right, what do we say now? Oh, yeah, right, don't be, a, don't be afraid, be aware. So, okay, goodbye, thank you for listening. Goodbye, thank you for indulging me. And coming back, I guess. Now, take care, everyone. Don't be afraid, don't be aware. I hope we all learned something today about stuff, and we'll see you soon with a Final Fantasy review. Woo! Bye. So sit down, sit down, sit down. In a couple of fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling at the wind won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast. We appreciate your attention. Please reach out to us on our Canadian PirateCast email, Facebook, and Instagram pages. Like, sub, share. You know the drill. We love it when people reach out with comments or feedback. We also have personal social media accounts if you want another meaningless Facebook friend or a silly Instagram account to follow. Be good to yourself. And take care of each other. Bye. Bye.